This episode sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash Opie. Get 10% off your first month. Keith sends us in. He goes, I visited the babynames.com website to see what the trending baby names for 2020 are for boys. So these are the names trending for boys in 2020. Kaleeb, Declan, Levi, Finn, Everett, Milo, Archer, Atticus, Silas, and Holden. I think at this point, parents are just naming their kids all just dumb baby names so nobody could pick on that name. Like, how is Silas going to make fun of Atticus's name? It's not going to happen. Look, at least they didn't name their kid X-A-12, like Elon Musk. Look, when you got parents named Elon and Grimes, that baby name is going to be fucked up. What's up, Florentine? What's going on, man? How are you, man? It almost feels like that I'm I'm on the road by myself in a hotel and I can't go anywhere, which is like that, except for I don't have a show at night. Oh, like I have days like this all the time, like eight days out of a month where I'm just in a hotel. Maybe I'll walk out if there's some food place nearby, but other than that, I'm stuck right, in a right. hotel all day by myself. But at least I got to do a show at night. You know, that's a great way to look at it because people think the life of a co- a comedian is is glamorous. But the fact is, yeah, you're right. Most of the day, you're just stuck in a hotel, bored shitless, waiting for the show that night. And then you get two or three cool hours of hanging out with fans, doing your comedy, maybe drinking a little bit. And uh, then it's right back to the hotel. First of all, they don't have like a car for you. And you're not going to rent a car when you go to these towns either. So a lot of times you have to walk like across a highway just to get to <laughs> An apple you know, something to eat, just yeah. to get to some food, like a Chipotle or something like that. So yeah. Crossing highway, like a six lane highway, just to get some food during the day. Now, how, how does that make you feel? Because I know there's a lot of comics just watching everybody's social media they're kind of losing their minds a little bit because they don't get to go on that stage. Um, you all right with that? I still do my two podcasts a week. I also do a radio show. Yeah. So I got enough. I'm busy for like two and a half days out of the week. I got a part-time job, basically. And I've just been doing stuff around the house and just keep myself busy and writing and listen to old comedy sets. Right. So I'm not really bummed out that I'm not on stage yet, which I just know it's not like just comedians are going through this and nobody else. The whole world is. So of I course. can't feel sorry for myself. What does Jim Florentine do around the house? Well, cleaning out <laughs> closets, cleaning everything, getting rid of stuff, you know, old stuff. Yeah. You know, get, you know, all of that. Just uh, painting, painting Ew. my shed, doing lawn work. Ew. I know. Well, what am I going to do? I, I mean, it's stuff that I've been, I got a house. So it's stuff that I had to put off for. I've been putting off for a long time. I'm like, oh, I might as well get it done now. That's true. I uh, I was just thinking the other day that it seems like yesterday, me and you hanging out at Get Parts, life was good, uh, drinking some beers, podcasting, laughing at that guy that was trying to turn me back into a shock jock and hire me for so- something. I don't I don't even know what that was. Do you? Yeah, he basically wanted to start his own podcast network and, you know, make it like you could say whatever you want and we're not going to listen to anybody yet. You know, screw the advertisers. We're, we're, right. we're men. Right, right. We're men. He's like, yeah. yeah, men need to be heard. I'm like, what year is this dude, man? Yeah, he was pitching that to us for like 45 minutes and we're both just kicking each other under the table. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, you know, I really just think if we get like three or four podcasts, yeah. You know, like men related, but guys. And I go, that's a great idea. You got to tell Opie that because I know he knows a couple other guys that are podcast and I just push him off to you because <laughs> right. he's telling me that. I'm like, yeah, you got to tell him that one. <laughs> and then I would kick you in the ankle nice and hard. I'm like, this guy's, this guy's not aware. I'm drinking some fruity beer. I've turned into kind of a feminist to a point ever since I had my daughter. I mean, the days of me being a shock jock and... Uh, being a man and, and just speaking like a man. I mean, it's over, man. Yeah, look, as you get older, you can't have, you know, 
you can't be fawning over, you know, 21 year old naked girls or showing their tits in a studio anymore. It's just, it's, you know, whoa, you got to move whoa, past whoa, that. Whoa, 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 slow down. No, you're right. It is. It, it gets creepy. It, it was starting to get creepy at the end there. It was my job to try to get the girl topless. And I'm like, they don't want to be topless anymore. I remember we would have uh, porn stars in and, and then it would get so awkward because, you know, the only reason they're in is so they're they're naked and we could describe that. But you don't need to do that anymore because everyone could see all that stuff on their phone. It used to work when. We didn't have our, our phones, you know, and, and you tune in a radio show. and It's like, oh, my God, is that girl naked? And then in your head, you're picturing what she looked like, you know, for your fantasy. But uh, those days just ended. And then then they didn't want to get naked anymore. And they're like, well, you know, if you want to see me naked, could you, you, you could you could get one of my movies. And I'm like, oh, God, then why are you here? Yeah, I know. Yeah. They, yeah. They, you know, any girl. You know, could do that. You know, now it does. They don't even have to be a porn star. They can have an Instagram account where they, or an OnlyFans account where they could just show naked pictures. So they all want to. They're not giving away anything for free. No, and what I've noticed is the youth of America. These women have taken back their sexuality. Oh my god! Oh my god! They they have no problem showing as much skin as possible. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, yeah, it's almost like a comic. Like, you know, when I first started, I did a lot of fart jokes. Yeah. And it's like, and fat jokes. Yeah. I had, uh, my set was full of those kind of jokes and they used to work. Right. And they just don't work anymore. And it's like, I'm not comfortable talking about it anymore. Like it just doesn't work. It doesn't work on stage one. And it's like, I've done that stuff and I'm just, I, I need to move on from it. You can feel the audience not laughing like they used to at it. And plus it's like, I don't really want to talk about farts anymore. Uh, you know, that's a sign of a true artist. You, you got to know when it's time to move on and to grow and, and move into um, different things. So that that's smart. Well, on I, I didn't get, I didn't give up the masturbation joke. So, you oh, know, good they've for always you. been there since day one. <laughs> you, you got you got to keep some of uh, some of your roots alive, right? Of course. I'm not a good ass kisser and you're not either. No, you God. know, just knowing like all those times where the sponsors or the yeah. general manager wanted to meet with you and you just blow them off. So you're not an ass kisser either. No, no, that I would tell managers and program directors over the years, uh, I'll, I'll see you in 15 minutes. And then I would just walk the other way and leave the building. Never explaining anything <laughs> to these guys, but we were so powerful and our ratings were ridiculous that we pretty much felt like we could do anything. Until we couldn't anymore. You're in Jersey, right? How's everyone handling the coronavirus? Are they taking it seriously down there? Because where I'm at, they're starting to loosen up a little, a little too much because the weather's getting too nice. People are getting frustrated, like because it's getting warm around. They want to be outside, but yeah, I don't blame it. Hasn't been too crazy. You, you know, the lifeguards are in a tough situation because someone's going to be drowning. And, and what do you do? You risk your life because you could get the coronavirus by saving someone in the water. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, but, you know, they're 22-year-old kids. Oh, I'm that's sure true. You know, yeah. they got good immune systems. They'll be able to handle it. If I'm being honest with myself, if I was 25 years younger, I think I'd be one of those guys. I, 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 would, I hate to admit it, but I think I'd be one of those guys just going about my life like nothing was happening. I'd do the same thing if I was 22 years old. I wouldn't be taking it serious either. I had two sisters that got coronavirus. They're fine. Oh, are you but serious? They went through it. Yeah. But they, uh, my one sister was working in an office like right before the shutdown, yeah. like in mid-March. And uh, her boss was like coughing all over the place, whatever she said. And then he wound up giving it to uh, his wife and his kid or something like that, the boss. Oh, my God. And she, my sister got it. And my other sister was living with her at the time. So she caught it from my sister bringing it home. And uh, how bad was it for them? Um, no, they didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that. They basically just, you know, nine, 10 days of feeling like shit. They lost their sense of smell, but they never had to go to the doc, you know, the hospital. They got tested. They tested positive and they quarantined for, you know, 14 days and they're fine now. Now they got the antibodies and they're, you know, they're hundred percent. You know, if I lost the sense of smell, I'd still be with my first girlfriend. You'd be, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't have so many uh, bad memories either of one night stands. No, I had, I had one girlfriend that, that had that, that smelly disease thing. I forget what it's called. It was terrible. Uh, it would be a, it would be a, like a slime on my, my fingers after going to town. Ooh. And then you couldn't get the smell out. 
and, and I was too young to understand. I, I really thought every girl smelled like that. The worst was when I was younger and like I go down on a woman and I had a, a mustache at the time yeah. and it'd be on my mustache the next day too. <laughs> yes, yes. I couldn't get rid of it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't, you know, I think that's, that was back in like the eighties and nineties. I don't, I haven't really come across one lately. Well, like in the last 10 or 15 years where one has smelled. So I think, I don't know, I, I guess they figured it out. Well, I mean, all you have to do is go to CVS and Rite Aid and, and you realize they figured it out. There, there's, well, they could have figured it out back then, too. I don't know what the hell was the problem. Well, that would have been nice for us. But, uh, you know, they were growing their hair like like lunatics. And they they, they had one, maybe two products in, at the drugstore to try to calm that shit down, the smells and whatnot. And nowadays, man, there's a whole aisle d- dedicated to it. Too dry, yeah, too wet, too musky, too smelly, too this, too that. And you know, a guy definitely... You know, run those CVS shops. Goes, listen, we need a whole aisle for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. If that listen. was me, I'd make it the whole store. Of, co- of course, you would change the name of the store and everything. I know, but yeah, they they lost their sense of smell for a few days, but then they were fine. So, wow, that's good. Good to hear, man. Yeah, this is just yeah, and they gave blood and stuff plasma. I guess it it helps people out that have it, which is good. Oh, okay, yeah. At this point, we all know someone that has it or had it. Yeah. How's your son doing? Everything good? Yeah, everything's good with him. You know, they shut the schools down, obviously. He actually misses school. Like, he'd rather be in school, him and his friends, which is crazy. Like, I'd, I'd be loving it that I'm, you know, I'd only have to do an hour or two of homework at home and not have to go to school. But, like, all of his friends are like, yeah, I wish I was going. I miss school. Like, I was never into school. I didn't even care. I was just like, I just did stuff to get by. Right. If there was a subject I liked, then I, I really, you know, I would get an A in. But most of the stuff was just like C's. Yeah. B, C, and D's. Yeah. Just to get by enough of just history. Yeah. I hated math, all of that stuff. But as soon as he gets up in the morning, he's ready to do his work. He's like, I got to see if my work's posted. He's like, right at it. He's like, I just want to get out of the way. Oh I'd be waiting God. till midnight to do it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Last minute. I want to tell my kids so badly don't even worry about school because everything you need to know is on your phone. And you, you want to know about World War II? There's six different documentaries on Netflix. Just watch them. I don't understand what this is all going to become for these kids because we really had to pay attention in, in school. And I, I don't know why a kid has to pay attention nowadays. No, and, uh, you know, and then if you didn't, you had to go to the library, which is a pain in the ass, but sometimes you had to do that. You had to go sit in there and, and right. read books and, and research stuff. Inevitably, whatever book you needed at the library, you get to that chapter and it's gone, right? People would rip the pages out or just draw dick pictures. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> All over the book. And you're like, God, I just I just need to learn so I could graduate. Why is this so difficult? You know, he's I'm raising him Catholic, so he goes to like C C D class and his religious classes. Right on. So he can get confirmation and communion. Yeah. And he has to he, he does like one week out of the summer, which is great. They go let it used to be like every Tuesday during the year, which is brutal. For like an hour you'd have to go in there. Yeah. And I'm just saying I could teach the Catholic religion in about four hours. Right. I can have that whole I don't know why he has to go for eight years. Right. Because he has to go from first grade to eighth. What What else do you have to know than to just treat people good? You know, treat them like you want to be treated. They're, that's pretty, that's 75% of religion right there. And, and you got to teach them that all the other religions are wrong. Right. The other ones are wrong. <laughs> this one's right. And you got to take this for eight years. Right. You got to do this. What do you believe from your upbringing as far as religion goes? I don't know, man. You know, look, I was raised Catholic, but, you know, I had a lot of issues once I turned like 2021 with the whole religion. Right. I was just scared, scared the shit out of me. So I rebelled against it. You know, like I I said, I'm sure I said on your show, I I didn't masturbate till I was 21 years old. Right. Because I was afraid I was going to burn in hell. Right. I didn't have sex till I was almost 18, like a month before my 18th birthday. And I felt like I was doing something wrong. And when I started, you know, it just completely fucks with your head. That sucks. That uh, oh my god, I, I didn't have. And sex. I, it's funny because you know now that I'm single, I, I you know I've been with women that are in like their early forties, late thirties, and they got and they grew up Catholic. Yeah, maybe they went to Catholic, and they are the the most uptight fucking women in the world when it comes to sex. They still have that guilt from you know from they were when they were a kid. They won't masturbate. They won't try anything kinky. They don't like giving blowjobs. It's unbelievable. There's one asshole a long, long time ago that couldn't get any pussy, so he put these rules in place. Because masturbation and sex is incredibly natural. And to to make everyone feel so guilty about it, is, I think, is just so wrong. 
Right, and you grew up. You grew, you're Irish, right? Cat, did you you grew up Catholic? Did you go to Catholic school at all? No. What happened was, so I'm from Centerport, Long Island, which is a very religious um, little town. Our Lady Queen of Martyrs was our church, uh, but my mom and dad went through the Catholic school system, and as they got older, they really started to um, turn their backs on the church. They were so frustrated. My mom had seven kids. She openly admits she had seven kids because of the church, not because she wanted to have seven kids. And obviously, they they didn't do well in uh, math because they couldn't figure out that the the rhythm uh, method. So they ended up having a lot of kids. And I remember famously, my mom got on the phone with the church, screaming and yelling like that she needed help because my dad was between jobs and they they didn't offer much help except come to the church we'll give you maybe a winner's uh, a winter coat or something you know and my mom right. my mom would yell and scream on the phone you damn people made me have all these kids the least you could do is help me raise them <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, so they didn't believe yeah me. i mean i look my i, I come up a family of seven too yeah you know, i know so it's like they, that's what they told you to just, you know, have a bunch of kids and then, you know, yeah. you're on your own. But that's the Catholic religion. So it, it came time for uh, me to go to Catholic school. And my my mom, thank God. I mean, I had a lot of issues with my mom growing up, but I should talk about some of the positive stuff. And one of them was she's like, he ain't going to an all boys school. I want him to be able to socialize. And that was the reason why I never went to Catholic school. Yeah, well, and you know, I also, I realized after all these years why also the masturbation and stuff is, you know, we were living in, uh, I don't know, like four-bedroom, two-bath house or whatever, so I had two, my two other brothers in the room with me, so there was three of us sharing a room, you know, so those big families, you had no privacy at all. Well, that's when I discovered my love for taking a bath. <laughs> How could you how could you have time to take a bath with seven you know that was, seven people in the family? That was the like old, you usually have a, a that, time limit in a shower is like ten minutes. You got to be in and out. Oh God, no! You guys are rookies. First of all, uh, it was the only alone time you could get was to take a bath. And in my house, and this is a, a true story. So I'm the second oldest. I got an older sister. Um, so I was pretty much first into the bathtub. So I got the nice, clean, warm water, as hot as it could it could get. And then when I was done, then my my brother would go after me and right down the line. And my poor twin brothers who are six years younger than me, they were the ones that had to use the water last. That's how sick our family was. They were trying to save money on water. But I didn't care because I was the first one in. So I would enjoy a nice, clean, warm bath. You're lucky you went in first and not after your brothers because who knows what they were doing there if they were masturbating and and the you know, in the shower and it's stuck on the floor of the tub, you know, and then you're in there. Well, I, I know what I was doing, but I, I was I was a gentleman. I wasn't an animal, so I would take my big toe and try to, uh, you know, mush it into the drain after I was done. <laughs> oh, that's nice of you. That is being a gentleman. That's being a gentleman. No, being a gentleman would tell your brothers, hey, listen, I just whacked my bag in the shower. Yeah. You know, by taking a bath, so you might want to wait a little bit or scrub it down with go get some Comet. No, they had to, they had to use the same water or, or they would get in trouble. I'm not. I'm not oh, you is, had to use the same water. That's what I'm saying. I, I was first in, and then, then my brothers had to use the water I just was in. Oh, man. Oh, I thought you just meant like, you know, you had to get in and out. If I did like the third person in, there's no. a lot of water left. So that's what's always happened in my house. I didn't know they had to go in your load infested water. Yes. Yes. My mom was always paranoid that we wouldn't have enough money. So we had to save money on water. We didn't have garbage pickup anymore. So, uh, and, and we're talking a family of seven kids, sometimes eight, sometimes nine kids, depending what kid we brought into our house for a while. And my mom, uh, well, my dad famously got a, a wood-burning stove, and my mom would burn garbage all day long in between doing loads of laundry. Are you allowed to say mentally retarded these days, or is that bad? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think you could still say it. So I think I'm a little uh, stammery and, and mentally retarded because I, I breathe in a lot of plastic and toxins. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Right. I don't know. Maybe I need some of that counseling. BetterHelp.com slash Opie. Get 10% off your first month right now at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Opie. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Uh, duh. It's called being stuck indoors. 
And I bet you a few of you need a little uh, a little counseling or someone to talk to. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You could start communicating in under 24 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Yeah, we're not doing that yet. That's why BetterHelp is really, really good right now. BetterHelp committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. More affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Today! Sorry, I just like BetterHelp. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily. Wow, a lot of good reviews. BetterHelp.com slash reviews if you want to check it out for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash Opie, H-E-L-P. That's BetterHelp and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for my listeners. That's you, my friends. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash Opie. And now back to Jim Florentine. Time to go deep. You turned me on to Daryl Hammond's documentary. It's called uh, Cracked Up. It's on Netflix. Um, that thing was unbelievable, man. Man. on uh, You know, I knew he had some rough childhood. I remember he wrote a book yeah. a while back, and he was out promoting it. And then I guess this documentary came out like about two years ago or a year and a half ago, and now it's on Netflix. Yeah. Man. It triggered me a little bit because, you know, I had a crazy mom as well growing up. But then... Because I watched that documentary, I realized how fortunate I actually am because my mom stopped short of doing all that stuff that happened to Daryl Hammond by his mother. I mean, she was putting his hands in like uh, electric, electrical sockets. Uh, famously, she took a, a knife when he was just a little boy. Maybe the, I think I think he was younger than the age of our sons, Florentine. And yeah, I think he was like eight. At the time. Eight and held the mom holds Daryl Hammond, an eight year old Daryl Hammond in the kitchen, tells him to be quiet and then takes a knife and cuts his tongue. And can you cuts his tongue, holds his tongue out and, and cuts it yeah. in the middle, splits it. Can you imagine that happening to your son? It, it Unbelievable. It made me so fucking mad. So my mom was, you know, your mom was, I'm sure your dad did the same thing. He worked, your mom stayed home. So you, the dad does, has no idea that stuff's going on. You know, they, he doesn't know what, you know, if you got some crazy mom or some, who knows, some fucking, you know, getting raised by some bitch that she's just going to torture her kids. Right. And that she's just going to blow it off. And as, as this eight-year-old, yeah, I know, I, I think they sent the mom away for like a month to look over an aunt after that. But other than that. You know, dad's not going to believe the eight-year-old that mom did. And mom's just going to deny it. Yeah. Um, my mom went away a lot. And my dad would try to sugarcoat it and say, oh, she went upstate to visit her sister. Or, oh, she went to uh, Portland to visit her friend that moved. And, you know, then we got to a point we got older and realized, no, she was going to the nut house. Wow. Yeah. So. and Well, and look, I mean, you know, having seven kids in a, in a, in a house. To drive you crazy so who knows if she was you know mentally ill from birth or just she couldn't take it which is it's pure chaos um you bring up a lot there i think her mental illness came from the environment that she was brought up in without uh going into too many details but it sounded like her, okay her yeah, dad I mean, it usually starts in childhood yeah her dad was a complete nightmare mom not much better um never called her my grandma you know she was just scary and a nightmare and i know now that I, I i'm older and have kids of my own that i know my mom truly loved all of us and i also know that uh she did the best she could i mean she had a she had a hot meal on that table every night she was doing our laundry cleaning our rooms and you know trying her best doing the pickups after school driving us to and from our friends houses all that stuff i know she did the best she could but with that said yeah. wow it was 
It was certainly pretty ugly at times, but not as bad as what Daryl Hammond went through, which which made him, I guess, a great impressionist and, and comic, right? Yeah, man, because, you know, when you have that much trauma growing up, you know, and the, the only thing you could do is try to be funny and make that seem like, you know, that's what he wanted to do is do impressions and make people laugh. Right. To kill the pain of what, you know, what he was going, what was going inside his house. Right. I mean, the torture that his own mother was doing to him. Yeah. You know, his dad really didn't know. His dad was always working and around and he was a little league coach and, you know, Daryl was on the little league team and all that stuff. And his dad was in the military and he had some, didn't he have some PSPT, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from the war too, his dad? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he had all that going on and there, I guess there was three of them. Yeah, You know, and she just really took it out on him. Like, I guess she just picked him to really just totally pick on. And, and you know, and Daryl's always been kind of like strange. Yeah. You know, just kept to himself when you meet him. He's got, you know, he doesn't really hang out or anything like that. And you want now you see why. And then when you watch a documentary, it's like, man, I, I tell I when I was texting you about it, I said I couldn't I couldn't sleep that night because it brought up so much shit from my past some trauma that I had. Like that I, I just couldn't stop thinking of. Like when what? I watched that documentary. It really messed me up. Like what? What what uh, trauma from your... Well, just, you know, like, you know, when my ex-girlfriend, my ex -girlfriend, you know, committed suicide and me right. finding her, you know, finding her. Jesus. You know, and having to call the police and all that stuff and just seeing her lay there and all that, you know, and, ne and never going back to the condo again, like where it happened in my condo. Right. I went back like a year later on the one-year anniversary. I walked through there and that was it. I never went back there ever again. And when he goes back to his... His house, his home, you know, back to his house that he grew up in in Florida, in the middle of Florida somewhere, you know, to, you know, brings a documentary crew and he walks through the house like, oh, man, I remember that. I remember this over here. I remember, yeah, this is where this happened. Yeah. It was eerie. Yeah. But he did well with that. Remember, he waved goodbye to the house and said, it's just a house at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, but still, I mean, you know, you don't know the effects of it until... You know, maybe not at that moment it didn't feel it, but who knows if that, you know, affects them at night and stuff, you know, the sleeping and stuff. Right. Over that. Cause, but it is good to go back. I didn't want to go back either. I only went back that one time. So I said, I'm not living here. I'm going to be haunted in this house. Right. You know, for in this condo and stuff. So I, you know, just, I don't know, brought up a lot of shit. My God. And, uh, it was just like, man, but that man that that guy go through some stuff. Yeah. It's amazing that he's still alive. A hundred percent. hundred percent amazing that he's still alive. Um, man, and just all the stories on Saturday Night Live where they had to call, you know, the ambulance and take him away to a mental institute, like right. right, you know, before a show or right after a show. I mean, he was that they, they had to do that like four different times during the course of his SNL career. And he performed for four presidents. You think he's got the world by the balls. And like you just said, during SNL, when he was killing it. They're taking him away to a nut house. And in the documentary, they show one of the sketches and they uh, they zoom in on his arm for the documentary, obviously, to show all the scars because he famously cut himself all the time to deal with the trauma and to feel something, I guess. Yeah, he was a big cutter. And I think when he was doing a White House Correspondence Center with Clinton and he was doing the Clinton impression right in front of him, he, I think he should Paused it where they showed the cuts on his arm, right? Cut himself, and they were fresh cuts too. I, I got to ask you, uh, Florentine, how did how did you get over the um, the suicide of uh, of your ex? Because a lot of people listening to this, I, I mean, I can't I can't imagine going through something like that. I mean, how did you finally get over it and was able to kind of move on? Well, right away, I said I got to deal with this thing head on. I was like, I got to. I got to find, I don't know anything about it. You know, suicide is such a weird death. Uh, there's a lot of blame to go around with a suicide. It's just a weird one when no one wants to talk about it. No one, your friends don't know what to say to you. Right. You know, if you lose your wife to cancer, they go, hey, man, I feel for you. My, you know, my mom died of cancer, whatever. But with suicide, everybody's just weird about it. So I just went to, I found these support groups, like these survivors of suicide support groups. I went online, like, a couple of days later, I said, I got to find these. I think someone recommended it or something to go to these groups. I started reading about it online. I went to, so I started going to these support groups, survivors of suicide. Yeah. I meet like every Tuesday and Thursday, almost like an AA meeting with people, parents that lost their kids and stuff like that. And we're all going through it. Right. So that really helped me out. I did that for like the first six months or so. <sighs> um, that helped me get through it. It just, it just takes time. I just knew like, all right, it's just gonna, it's just gonna suck for a while. And eventually 
you know, you get you, slowly, you're going to get you, you're going to come out of it and feel better. Did you blame yourself, even though that's not fair to your? Oh yeah, absolutely. You've you've always blamed yourself. You know, you like I was the last person to see her. It's like if I I was doing a comedy show and then if I didn't go out in the comedy show, then she would have I would have been here and then she wouldn't have done it. But that you know, then you realize if people are going to do that, are they going to commit suicide? They're going to do it at some point, whether you're there or not. Oh yeah. Like they'll find they'll find another time to do it when you're when you go you know down to the front desk go get a package. Right. They'll do it then. So it's like. You can't say if I was just there that night because they'll find another way to do it if they're determined to do it or another time. Oh yeah, no, they're just uh, unfortunately waiting for waiting for that opportunity. Oh my god! And it's weird because when they when they're ready to do it, they're actually in a, like a a relaxed mood because they know the end is near and they're going to be out of pain, which is weird. Right? You would think that most of the time, if, if you see somebody go, you didn't even think. You know, I just saw him today. I was talking to him. He was fine. He was laughing, joking. He's going to the beach this weekend. Because they almost know, like the end is near, where I'm finally going to be out of pain. So they're they're able to kind of, in general, let go, but completely disguise it, and then you know, yeah, they're not at, at you know manic at that point. You know, some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. So it's it's re- really tricky. And it goes, you know, she had an unbelievably bad childhood, almost like Daryl Hammond, like too. So I know where it came from. You know, when I met her and stuff, she was adopted foster home she got molested Jesus. all this stuff you know different times so she had a horrible upbringing uh, i'm sorry oh my no, God. it's all right it's like you know it, it was uh, what 2006 right so we're talking you know 14 years ago but, no you know yeah i understand but for the for the person you know they they leave behind um a lot of pain a lot of hurt for the for the you know the people that really loved and cared for them oh they they yeah they the people that that do that, they leave behind a mess. Because they think mess. in their mind when they're going through it or when they're, they're going, these people are going to be better off without me around. Right. That's their mindset. Like if I go away, if I commit suicide, they're, they're going to be better off without me because I'm such a pain in the ass. But it's the complete, you know, opposite of that. Like we'll deal with it. We've dealt with it forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal. We'd rather you have to be around. Yeah, of course. But that's the way they think it. <sighs> yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because you made it almost sound, almost sounded nice that they were at peace and, and you know happy at the end of their life because they knew they were going to move on from from. Um... No, and there's a lot of people have been on the brink of it and have tried it and and you know and just got you know therapy and whatever they needed to do to get to a better place, whether it's medication or therapy. You know, cheers to therapy to just dig in and dig and dig. Yeah, you know to get that. You know. And then with, with medication and stuff, too, and they can live a normal life. A lot of times they're just having a bad moment. If they could just sleep it off, they'll be fine in the morning. Yeah, you learn that in The Power of Now, a book that you uh, technically turned me on to by Eckhart Tolle. You oh, know, yeah. When you have that impulse, whether it is to drink, do drugs, uh, uh, kill yourself, you know, the best thing you could do is just try to breathe and and allow allow that that thought to pass and you realize on the other side of it, it could be, you know, much, much better and not to do that impulse. You have that impulse to do something. And a lot of people react immediately. And what you learn in the power of now with Eckhart Tolle is like, no man, just, just be with that impulse, but don't act on it. And that impulse will pass uh, quicker than you realize. Yeah. And look, and a lot of times when people are thinking of doing something like that or, severely depressed is that they're go- that whole like our totally thing is like just live in the moment yeah just don't don't even just reference the past as a, you know use the past as a reference and that's it right don't live in the past so basically what you're doing is you're living in the past yeah from all that trauma in your childhood of course you know and you're thinking about it constantly and he's like no just think about where you are right now yeah it's the simplest thing ever the past don't mean shit the future don't mean shit what matters is right now me and you talking this is all that matters right now and it's as simple as that we thought everything was great when we were at get parts you know we were living in the moment there and uh boy if we were thinking about the future oh my god the future is here and it's uh it's ugly with this coronavirus <laughs> no it, it's it really is like it, it's almost like if you go through a bad breakup like let's say you know your girlfriend or your wife comes to you one day goes look i want a divorce or i want to break up and you're devastated because you didn't see it coming yeah so you're gonna spend and yeah it's gonna suck for a while but it's gonna get better yeah so you and, and we've all been through breakups before where okay man this is gonna you know 
man, I'm going to be down, fucking down, you know, depressed, be in bed for a few weeks, barely, you know, don't want to exercise, eating shitty food. But you know, at some point it's going to be better. All your breakups are like it got better over time. And oh, that's yeah. what's going to happen when someone's thinking that, you know, that's that's depressing thinking about doing something like that. Like it's going to get better. This it's, moment sucks, but it's going to get better. It's hard to think that when you're living through it, especially when you're younger and you don't have that knowledge, but time really, really helps. I, I remember I was 23. My girlfriend at the time moved to Cape Cod. I stayed in Rochester to get my radio career going. Everyone else moved to Boston and Cape Cod and all these places uh, in new England, just to have fun and to continue their 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 college careers basically you know and i'm like no i got an opportunity in cold ass rochester that's way more boring than going to boston or cape cod and it was the right thing for me and my career uh so i had a long distance relationship going with my girl at the time and she would she would blow me off when i would try to see her because me and my buddy buzzy were driving to boston almost every weekend to be with our friends you know and uh, every time I drive to Boston, she's like, ah, not this weekend. I got to work or I can't make it to Boston or, you know, whatever. I, I, I got stuff going on. Finally, she goes, OK, come see me in Cape Cod. And uh, I, I think I took a bus or something there and she picked me up and she grabbed my bag and she opened the trunk of her car. And there it was, Florentine, size 13 basketball sneakers. Ooh. My heart dropped dropped i thought my life was over because i really really cared about this uh, this girl really yeah. cared about her she made some dumb excuse but i already knew like now i had the knowledge of all the blow-offs i'm like oh christ now i know why and then it was an awkward two days in cape cod and uh you know i wasn't stupid we still had sex florentine <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the only thing I'd be thinking when I see this size 13 sneakers is how big is his dick? No kidding. He's wearing size 13. All that. And then um, <laughs> and then I left Cape Cod, went back to Rochester, and and I uh, and our rela- relationship was never the same. It was funny because then I'm in, in Buffalo uh, just to finish, and she finally moves back home to Rochester, and she really wanted to get our relationship going and she visited me in Buffalo and I got to tell you we had a great great weekend together. She's thinking this is the beginning of getting it all back together and my heart was long gone. But yeah. But we left on a good note. You know, we ended up having a great weekend and then I moved on with my life and she moved on with hers and that was it. But I remember my point when I saw those sneakers in in her trunk. I didn't know how I was going to live. It was right, every- you could still feel today. T- t- today, you could still feel that moment. I know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, and you could easily reacted right then and there. Go, my life's over. I'm never going to feel the same. And it's like, oh, you know, well, yeah, well, it, I, please, it's going to be fine in a little while. Well, I bring it up because I think a lot of people have had that moment in their lives, and that was it. That was the turning point. Whether they, you know, oh my God, killed themselves or went down a just terrible road at that point, but with the luxury of time, I realized it was the best thing that could have happened to me. I, I, I can't yeah. imagine being married to her with kids and stuff. You know, I wouldn't have my beautiful kids and my beautiful wife. And you got to go through those life experiences and hang on when it gets tough and, uh, and know you're going to be okay on the other side of it, which, which you're yeah. living proof of because, you know, you had a girlfriend kill herself and then yet you, your marriage didn't end up that great. And you're doing more than fine now, man. I, I compare, you know, compare something like that, you know, finding my ex-girlfriend to like if, I, if some girl wants to divorce me, yeah, that one sucked too, but it's nowhere near going to come through, come, come to what happened with my ex. Like it's never going to compare to that. So to me, I'm like, this is, this is a piece of cake compared to yeah. what I went through. Yeah. I always judge stuff off of that, you know I mean? Like, okay, this is, that was the worst thing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, wow. This so, got, this got really serious. And the funny thing is I was, I'm a fan of your podcast. It's on Barstool Sports now. You just break down stuff so so perfectly. Uh, you abuse all the people doing their stupid Facebook games and uh, and all the dumb things people are doing because of the coronavirus. And I wanted to talk to you about all that stuff, but we uh, we ended up going down a different road. You know, but these these games that people make up on Facebook have been around long before the coronavirus. They've been you know irking me for a long time. You know. I, 
you just want Facebook, you want to check a couple things. Maybe I want to post a comedy uh, date or something. And I got to, you know, uh, I got to see some guy. All right, here's uh, 10 concerts I went to, uh, but one of them I didn't. Uh, let, figure out which one I didn't, but don't cheat. Uh, ready, <laughs> go. And it's like, I don't care. Right. And how am I going to cheat knowing what concert you went to right. and which one you didn't? Right. How would I ever cheat on that? Would I, you know, if yeah. you put Bob Seger at Madison Square Garden, am I going to call the garden and see if I can get the security footage? <laughs> you know, to see if that guy was had scanned right. through seventeen thousand people going through, right? You know, the, the door to see if he was at that show. Yeah, it's like I don't care which one you didn't go to or which one you did. I don't. I didn't come here to play games. It's a great idea for a podcast because you get everyone to write in and tell you what nonsense is going on in the world or on Facebook or other social media, and then you pick some good ones and then you just go off. I love your yeah, uh, and your uh, after <laughs> after every. It one. really does. It really does bother me. Like it's not. It's not manufactured it's not made up i just say just annoy i've never been a good game person i don't know did you go to parties and like play pictionary and that crap oh god no 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 exactly i never did either i was never in the board games i mean maybe when i was a kid played monopoly or something but i was never a game person anyway yeah no our our game i remember one when i was a freshman we went to this girl's house and we all got into a giant circle in a living room we're playing like I, I want to say Zeppelin or something just as cool, and we're literally passing a bong around the room. And you would try to hold on as best you could, and then the bong would 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 continue around the circle and come back around to you. And and that was the game we played until yeah. until there was no one standing anymore, and we're listening to just great tunes and and wondering who we're going to try to pick up from the other side of the circle as they're doing their bong hit. I wasn't playing Pictionary or Boulder Dash or any of that crap. Yeah, exactly. That's I was doing the same thing. You know, you're playing like uh, you know, naked uh, naked poker or something like that, or spin the bottle. Even I remember even in high school playing that. Yeah, where you spin the bottle and you got to make out with somebody, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, when it comes to like Pictionary and this and that, I was like, I was never. I we used to go on vacation with the family, and sometimes they'd bring out those games. Yeah. And I just go, I'm going to sleep. I yeah. just go in the other room. Yeah. I don't want to draw pictures. Yeah. I, I'll tell you another game I, I played, praying that the sun came up before I died of a heart attack because I did too much cocaine with this naked broad. <laughs> yeah. As we're playing U2's Joshua Tree over and over and over again, and I'm jumping up and down on the bed uh, because I, I, I literally can't uh, sit still. That's the games we played. Yeah, even like um, a game like uh, I played Texas Texas Hold'em one time down in like Atlantic City. Yeah, some tournament. Like they they wanted me to go in. They put me in for free. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to play cards for five hours so I find out who wins. This is boring. Yeah, of course. And they're all and they're all serious. So I'm trying to crack, you know, just fucking around, and nobody's laughing. They're all serious, looking at me like, dude, we're we're playing cards here. I'm like, what fun is this? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing fun about this at all. My brother hates. My brother's a gambler, and he hates it because I, I used to go by him at like Atlantic City at the table, and he'd be miserable. Like he was in the greatest mood, and then he'd be losing. He'd be miserable. Yeah, I just be like nobody's ever bought a house by gambling. Right, just know that. <laughs> Such a You've never, have you ever walked into a mansion like, oh man, how'd you afford this? Ah, I won that, down Atlantic City. I won. Yeah, I won the poker tournament. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. But you're uh, you're all about the uh, the things that people are doing on Facebook because of the coronavirus, like the virtual proms that are happening right now and the virtual graduations. And I think people are also. Um, trying to celebrate christmas they're putting christmas lights on their house and watch christmas movies or talk about christmas movies just to get through the whole coronavirus thing yeah that was the thing like when it first started like put your christmas lights back up so people could drive around the neighborhood and put the kids in the car and we can look at christmas lights i go yeah it's yeah march i i was saying i go, I just took mine down last month i'm not putting them back up yeah yeah exactly you know what i mean like how is it yeah and kids gonna kids don't care about christmas lights yeah it looks good for two seconds they're interested in presents. Is there any presents attached to these Christmas lights? Right. And they don't care. Yeah. If you if you buy them uh, a whole bunch of presents and say, hey, we're doing an extra Christmas because of the coronavirus and we're stuck indoors, then that would kind of make sense. 
Yeah, I mean, you realize people um, aren't that creative. That's why your podcast is so great, because there's... Well, you know, I, I stayed away from the coronavirus stuff until, like, last week, because I was like, I don't want to attack it. And then, and then I'm just like, all right, at this point, yeah, you know, I, I got I got to address it. You know, like all the parents now, because they have the homeschooling, so they're making these jokes like, uh, you know, uh, mommy had to put... Mommy had to put uh, her son in, in in the principal's office, aka mommy's room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my little my little Johnny didn't like the cafeteria food today. <laughs> See, that's the best part of that because I know you're not just making it up. You're really disgusted. And as your and as your friend, I enjoy you being tortured. I just I laugh. I'm fishing and I listen to your podcast. And, and when that. Yeah, I know. It really. I'm like, come on. You know what I mean? We're all going. But I but I was trying to lay off it for a while. But I'm like, all right, I can't anymore. Yeah. I'm not making fun of it. And it, like I said, it's no, of super course serious not. and it's horrible what's going on. It's horrific. It's the worst thing we've gone through. So but yeah, when, but what's corny stuff like that, like to put your Christmas lights up, because that's going to make you feel better. I go, why don't you just watch a movie? Everybody knows what they need to do to feel better about something. Right. You know, whether it's a, like I said, whether you want to put music on, watch a comedy, see if one of your favorite movies watch netflix or something like that we don't have to hang christmas lights there's other things we could do well i think what makes it so much fun to listen to is the fact that you know these people aren't actually trying to help each other through this pandemic that it's all about them and they're trying to come up with some kind of game or some kind of idea that goes viral that's why it's beautiful what you're doing yeah, because this one woman posted that. She goes, look, I don't have any kids, but I've been thinking. Prom has been on my mind lately. She's in her early 40s. Like, why are yeah. you thinking about your prom? You're 42 years old. Exactly. You know, so it's just a, just a dumb idea. You know, prom's been on my I'm feeling determined. Prom's been on my mind. I'm like, get over it, lady. My- Stop it. She goes, yeah, she said, I want to start a page, prom 2020. Yeah. Like a Facebook group. Um, so, yeah, she just wanted attention. She was hoping the thing was going to go all over the place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was going to talk about how wonderful she is that she's thinking about high school kids. Oh, my God. Does anyone know who started this whole prom idea? It's amazing. It's taken over the whole world. We got yeah, and then she'll be this on this lady. Good Morning America on Zoom talking about it. I just had this thought one night. Right. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did I right. ever tell you my prom story? You've- no, you didn't. Well, first of all, my prom was a bust because the girl I took, who I was really, really into, she had to be home by midnight. Ooh. Yeah, but I was allowed to pick her up when the sun came back up. So it's around this time of year, so I think I, I pulled back up around 5.30 in the morning to grab her. And my whole crew went to the ocean for the night. So I had to go home at midnight wait five and a half hours to pick her up and then i pick her up she's out of her prom dress at this point she's in like sweats and a nice t-shirt or whatever and we go to the uh beach to to see what the rest of the gang are up to and we come upon a scene that just looked amazing people could barely stand there's prom dresses on backwards guys got makeup all over their face they don't know where the fuck they are. They just had the night of their lives, and here we come, all fresh, fresh faced from a a good night's sleep because you know <laughs> she wasn't allowed to stay out all night. That's what right. I remember from my prom. And then fast forward, I go to college in Geneseo. We end up uh, going out that whole summer, and then I had to say goodbye to her, and I uh, went to Geneseo. On my floor, we start talking about our our proms. And I start talking about my prom date and her name and blah, blah, blah. And this guy goes, oh, I went to my prom with a girl, same name. I'm like, oh, really? And we got to talking. And then there was a realization. The guy goes, oh, my God, I'll be right back. And he goes down to his room and he comes back with a picture from his prom. Yeah. Florentine. He went to the prom with the same girl I did. Wait, but it was was it the same night? This girl was kind of new to my school. She came from somewhere else. I don't remember exactly where anymore, but I remember her telling me that she had to go home or to her old uh, hometown for something. But she didn't tell me what it was. What it was. It turned out she was going back home to go to another prom with this guy. So fast forward, Damn. we're at college, and he shows me the picture. 
He's standing right next to her. Same girl, same fucking prom dress. And we just laughed ourselves silly, like, oh, my God. And then we put it all together. I'm like, wait a minute. She told me that she had to go back to whatever, you know, this weekend. And he goes, yeah, that was that was uh, uh, my prom. I didn't go to my high school prom, but then I was already out of high school, like, one year. And this girl was, I guess, a senior. I worked with her at a hardware store. Yeah. And it was, like, three days before the prom, and she had no date. So she goes, hey, would you go to the prom with me? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'll pay for everything. I'll go, all right, if you pay for everything, I'll go with you. Because she just needed a date. She wanted to go. Yeah. And uh, we just went as friends, and she turned out to be a lesbian. So, Oh, wow. I, I did that to her or not. <laughs> you might have. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm sure we all turn girls into lesbians, don't you think? Well, yeah, we didn't hook up or anything. Like she actually said, she goes, I, you had a better time than I did at my prom. Because I knew everybody there. I was just, you know, hanging, drinking, having a blast. Yeah. You know, we never hooked up or anything because we were just friends. But, yeah, she wound up being a lesbian. Oh, so, wow. You know, I still I keep in touch with her. I still see her. She comes to my comedy shows. Nice. Real nice. She has, she, she has, she has a new hot chick every time she comes to my shows. Really? Hotter than the next. Really? Yeah, I'm like, this is unbelievable. What's that about, you think? I don't know. I'm like, you're, I go, you're amazing. Well, Florentine, this was awesome. Yeah, man. It was great catching up with you and stuff. It's just weird, right? This whole thing. You know, it really is. I mean, I have no, all my comedy dates that I had in March and April and May got postponed to the fall. I got nothing. I got nothing scheduled or anything, but I'm just like, whatever. I just, you got to wait it out. New Jersey, you know, second hardest hit state. So, you know, uh, Des Bishop, the comic, he's a friend of mine and he's uh, huge in Ireland. And Oh, yes, I know who he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's huge in Ireland and same thing. He had to cancel everything. And I was trying to tell him and. It's probably hard for people to listen to this, but I was on top of the world with Anthony in 2002. We couldn't do anything wrong. Incredible ratings, incredible money coming in. And then we did that sex for Sam thing and we got knocked out and we had to take over two years off because the company said, we're going to pay you, but you can't work anymore. They were trying to kill our careers and obviously it didn't kill our careers. We were able to come back after that, but I had two years, three months to just wander around, not work, and not have any worries in the world. And I wish that I took it more seriously and really as as one of the themes of this episode and live in the moment. I didn't understand living in the moment back then, obviously, because I think in the end, Des Bishop, Jim Florentine, and the rest of you guys, you're going to be just fine and that you should enjoy this time that has been given to us with this whole pandemic thing. It is a good point because it's definitely made me and my son closer. Like we bonded even more Yeah. because, you know, I, I, I'm with him half the week, you know, when he's here. So we just, we just hang out. We go to bed. We're like an old married couple. We go to bed and get up at the same time every night Yeah. when he's here. Yeah. And we just, you know, we're always doing stuff. You know what I mean? He's got to do his homework. I got to do my work, but then we're just hanging out, watching movies right. every night. We're playing basketball. We're doing this. So we really have really bonded, you know, bonded even more. Yeah, cause, you know, since this whole thing has happened, I mean, obviously I haven't seen anybody, but it's just weird. I've never, I haven't had a schedule like this in almost thirty years. So I always worked nights, even before I was a, a comic. I was a DJ right. at a rock club in Chile. So I've never gone to bed at like ten thirty and gotten up at like seven or seven thirty. For for since I was like twenty years old. Yeah, I think it's, it's a whole other lifestyle. It's like I'm, I I feel like I'm retired, but it's really boring. <laughs> but it's only because I can't travel anywhere. Like at least when you were off those two years, you could travel. You traveled all around. Yeah, so I can't. You can't even leave the house, and you can't do anything. Yeah, but my point is, I just wish I knew I was going to be okay in the end, uh, and I would have enjoyed that time off a lot more. I still did a lot, but. I should have went to Europe. I always wanted to go to like uh, Japan or Hawaii, just crazy ass places. And and I was always just so worried and always had to check in with my agent and check my phone to see if anyone's calling and all this crap. And I just wish that uh, I settled in and realized, okay, this is a, a unique opportunity and you should live life to the fullest. And on the other side of it, everybody or most of us will be just okay, man. Yeah, but that, I mean, that was tough for you guys because they were really trying to bury your career. They were keeping you off the air for over two years just so people forgot about you. Yeah. And when you came back, you wouldn't get a job. And everyone's like, oh, they moved on from you guys. So 
that had to be terrifying, especially when you guys were on the top of the world. You just got on all those other markets. You got that yeah. huge raise and all that stuff, and you guys had a ton of heat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just went away like that. So that it, it, that's got to be more difficult. That would have been, been a tough thing for anybody. Yeah, it was brutal. And it, it's funny. In the end, they needed us, but they hurt our careers so much. I mean, we still came back and did very, very well. But those two years, two years plus that we were off the air, they really knocked down our stock. And then it's so funny because Howard Stern announces he's going to satellite radio. We were already at XM at this point, and they needed a a replacement for Howard. So they came for us. They had David Lee Roth first, and he failed miserably, and then they did put us in that spot. But we didn't do as well as we could have, first of all, because we were under contract with XM, which made it very problematic. But secondly, uh, we weren't the same Opie and Anthony at that point because they were the ones that hurt us by by firing us and putting us on the beach for over two years. So in the end, I think they hurt themselves, but whatever. I'm babbling. Yeah, look, I I know at some point this thing is going to be over. You know what I mean? Like you, sometimes you're just happy to be alive. Like you know, there's so many people dying around you. So like, hey man, I, I, I'm alive, and yeah. so are all my family and friends. So I can't. Yeah. You know, if I if I can't work for a while and I'm I'm not getting the money I used to get, all right, I just got to deal with it. It's something that you know everybody's got to deal with in life. I know comedy's going to come back at some point. It's already coming back. Yeah. People, comedians are getting on planes and going to Texas and Oklahoma to go do shows. Oh, that's so, good. You know, yeah. it's, it's not too far off. Yeah. If this thing comes back with a second wave in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to suck again, but let's hope that uh, it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, we're putting our priorities in order. You realize a lot of that shit just doesn't matter in the end. Anyway, I, I'm lucky. I live like a low maintenance life where I don't have to worry about like I'm, my house going to be taken away, my car. Yeah, I can't pay my bills and stuff like that. I've always, you know, yeah. drive around a used Honda Accord. I don't, you know, I spend money when I need to, but I don't buy fancy cars. This and that. I just, I just never was into that. So I'm lucky. Yeah, and I don't have some some woman trying spending all my money. Right. I'm lucky with that too. So I'm in a good, you know, in a pretty good spot. You're in a good place. Uh, we need sports to come back, obviously. And I think they're going to try to get a football season in. Uh, they're starting to talk about playing football without without crowds, which is pretty insane. Did you see that they're they're trying to figure out if they could give the NFL players a mask to wear under their helmets to protect themselves from the coronavirus? I didn't see that. <laughs> yes, it, it's a real thing. And I'm thinking, isn't that the least of their worries? How are you going to get – you have to be – running and and you know sprinting and stuff like that when you got a mask on it's really not going to work that well no god no it's hard you know what i mean trying to catch your breath as you're trying to friggin run down the field 80 yards or whatever and people are chasing after you the guy taking the kickoff return with a mask on yeah no i mean who who knows what's going to happen by september with this right i do like that the nfl just said f you and we're just going ahead like we're doing a draft. We're doing NFL free agency. Right. There is going to be a season. Here's the schedule. Yeah. They're not worried about what the, you know, the bitches on Twitter right. are saying. Yeah. You know, all these all these sports writers that, you know, that are, you know, super liberals are going, how could you play? It's like, this is what your job is to cover the league. And you don't want them to play. I know. That's your livelihood, you idiot. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in September. It seems like everything's, you know, getting back you know numbers are way down like in the last week or so like it's been a lot of stuff starting to you know it's starting to go away quicker yeah you know and, and people out in georgia and stuff that you know that that opened the first one of the first states to open that you know the cases aren't up and people aren't dying it's like okay maybe this thing you know with the warm weather is going to knock it out for a while so i love what the nfl did they finally didn't listen to twitter right which they did when kaepernick was kneeling right they, they, they listened to twitter and, and they screwed up the league by doing that and now I'm actually turning on Roger Goodell. I'm actually starting to like him because he's like, he just blows him off. He's like, fuck that. We're playing. Wow. For you to like uh, like him, that's pretty That's pretty. I know. I'm really starting to come around on him. The NFL ratings were down 19% after those two years of you know Kaepernick and everybody else kneeling and them showing that on TV. Yeah. Because people were getting mad. They're like, look, I don't want all the shit before a football game. And people stopped watching. Right. And since so last year, Goodell went to the to, – um, all the, the TV stations, the, the TV people, at, you know, ABC and, and ESPN said, stop showing those guys kneeling. It's hurting your advertiser dollar, too, because the ratings are down. Right. It's hurting you. So just don't show it. So they stopped showing it. And the ratings were up, a, you know, up 11% from two years ago. So they're only down 8% is what Kaepernick started that shit. 
And that's when, you know, Goodell started listening to Blue Twitter and everyone bitching about it. Yeah. He just, and so he stopped showing it. it. Nobody talks about it. There's like two guys that kneel now, and nobody even knows that unless you're at the game. Of course. And that's why people are starting to watch football again. He's like, I'm not going to listen to those people anymore. Nice. One last question. Tom Brady in Tampa. What happens? You think he's got a shot to get to another Super Bowl? I don't think they'll go to a Super Bowl. He's got a lot of guys that he get throw to. they got a great offense there. And Bruce Arians, no, I mean, you know, he ain't going to another Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. No way. No, because the guy's 43 years old. I mean, look, it's, you know, he started slipping a little last year, but that could have been he did. He had a really shitty team around him. Right. And he really had no receivers. So that's possible. I mean, he's got he's loaded at, in Tampa with these receivers, but I don't know. I see him maybe going eight, eight, nine, and seven, maybe a playoff game, and then they lose. But he ain't bringing them to a Super Bowl. No way. They're in a tough division with the Saints. Look, do you know you're a fan of the AFC East? I'm just glad he's out of that division. Finally. Yeah, and I'm officially not a, a Patriots fan anymore. Thank God. So now I'm just down to the Bills and the Jets in the AFC East. Look, the Patriots are still going to go ten and six. They, the Belichick knows that Stidham guy that they have. Yeah. If he didn't think he was good, he wouldn't have got rid of Brady or he would have brought another quarterback in or drafted one. So he knows stuff that we don't know. So they're still going to go 10 and 6. Wow. And probably win that division. That... They won't go 12 and 4, 13 and 3 like they usually do. Yeah. Belichick's not going to go into a season with a shitty quarterback. He wants to prove he can win without Brady. Of course. And Brady wants to prove he can win without Belichick. Of course. That's all they have left because they accomplished everything else. All right, I'm babbling now, man. I really appreciate your time, Florentine, and I'm glad you're safe. Of course, man. It's always great catching up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Barstool Sports for the uh, for the podcast. Anything else you want to plug? Yeah, that's it. It's, it comes out every Monday and Thursday. Everybody is awful. It's a good listen, man, just to hear your Thanks. anger and that you're tortured. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks. It was great talking to you. Right on. Boo 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 bo